0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', gallopin' good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse sorts, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health, to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So get ready to start horsing around with your
1: host, horse expert and award-winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Horsing Around on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. This week, we're going to talk about riding your horse without a bit. Bitless bridles have been around for thousands of years. Ancient civilizations used them before the invention of the bit. Today a number of more modern bitless alternatives can be found in the equine marketplace. Today we're going to talk to bitless bridle expert Claudia Chavez of Shadow Hills, California about bridles that work without bits and why you might want to consider using one on your horse. We'll talk to Claudia right after these messages. Why the
0: long face? I reckon horsing
1: around will be back in the saddle right after we
0: round up a few words from our sponsors.
2: It's designerpetsweaters.com, hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops,
0: we know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet.
1: Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and today we're talking to bitless bridal expert Claudia Chavez about riding your horse without a bit. Claudia, welcome to the show. Hey. Hi,
2: Audrey. Hi. Thanks How for you doing? having me on. I'm sure, doing good. no problem. Good.
1: Um, First off, why don't you explain what a bitless bridle is and what the advantages are over a bitted bridle?
2: Very good question, Audrey. The bitless bridle really offers me the chance to communicate with my horse without metal in the very sensitive mouth of the horse. And that kind of basically functions with a threat or fear of violence for the horse. So the answer regarding advantages is, is very extensive. Personally, I prefer the bitless bridle alone for the medical aspects. So horses can have various problems with the bit, and that can be extracted from Dr. Cook's research. Dr. Cook is an expert on uh, bitless riding and also has done extensive research on behavioral problems and illnesses in horses. He's been working in the USA and researching for 25 years, He's a professor of surgery at the Turf University in Boston, Mm -hmm. and I think he's got like more than 60 scientific works, several dissertations, and has written books on publications and articles in horse magazines. He's definitely considered worldwide an expert in diseases of the horse's mouth as well as throat nose and ears for many years. So if anybody's interested in the medical reasons, and we might go into further detail Mm -hmm. during this interview, I don't know, but Dr. Cook is definitely something that you want to look into. What are some of the things that he's found? Well, there's a very interesting book that he's written called Metal in the Mouth, and you can find that on Amazon or on um, some of his websites. And I think in that book, there is a list of um, over 100 problems that he has discovered that can be traced back to um, using the bit on the horse. And that, that goes from anywhere of physiological problems, psychological problems, behavioral problems, uh, management of the horse before or after Writing. During writing, obviously, there's a long, long list of signs and symptoms that he has identified. Head shaking syndromes, any kind of facial neuralgia problems, breathing difficulties. I mean, the list goes on and on. Physical trauma by the bit to the mouth or any other problems, you know, affecting the mouth in particular even down to the horse's stride, muscular problems or, you know, lameness, and after all that, there's an effect on the rider as well. Um sure. we can talk about that a little more. In, in particular for myself, what I've noticed with bitless riding and I ride all my horses bitless uh, is they horses seem to simply focus and concentrate much better. They seem to be a lot more relaxed and mm-hmm have noticeably more energy, and that's probably, um, you can probably trace that back to the ability of getting more oxygen without a foreign object in their mouth.
1: Hmm, that's really
2: interesting. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, we've been all taught since we're young that, you know, you you ride a horse with a bit, so to hear all this is kind of like, wow.
2: (laughs) I went through that same wow effect. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yes. And I was very uh, skeptical at first.
1: Yeah, because it's the same thing like with the barefoot, not having shoes on your horse. It's just not the way it's done. And, you know, you have to wonder why they started putting bits in horses' mouths. Do you know that?
2: Well, I'm not as familiar with all the history, but I do know that even before they started putting bits in horses' mouths, they used a nose ring which is something they still is still used today i think with bulls mm-hmm. it seems to be a very cruel method to control an animal yeah so you know that kind of helped me look into maybe we need to sometimes question even habits that have been or, or traditions that have been around for a very, very long time. Right. Um, because even they have changed over time. And I have looked into some books and I think even in Dr. Cook's there are some graphical <laughs> representations of really ancient bits and, mm-hmm. and honestly they look like torture instruments. So yeah. even there has been some progressive movement, um, over, you know, many hundreds of years but I think there was just um, a belief that that's how you needed to control a horse.
1: Right, right, because they probably didn't understand the nuances of training so it was basically all about just pain and submission.
2: Yeah. So what
1: are some of the different kinds of bitless bridles that are out there?
2: Okay, there's really a large selection of bitless bridles out there and each one of it in itself uh, in itself brings certain disadvantages and advantages with them now there's some traditional ones that probably all of your listeners will recognize there's the traditional side pull and it offers really good lateral control but uh, it kind of fails the rider in the uh in the vertical control unless you're really extremely skilled And often the material used in side poles might be too severe in order to establish consistent contact. So if you're riding anywhere, whether it's classical riding or basic training or gated horses where you want to have constant contact, that wouldn't be good because um, you could injure the bridge. Of your horse's nose. So let me, now, let me
1: stop you a second. When basically all bitless bridles work by putting pressure on the nose, is that correct?
2: Not just the nose. I mean, most of them use the nose, but there's also bridles that use the chin or the pole or um, kind of a head hug. And we can go into details of that as well if you'd like to. But okay. um, they definitely remove, you know, the pressure inside the mouth. Um, on the jaws, on the sensitive bars inside the mouth, teeth and tongue, and so forth. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, might some people argue that then it just pre- transfers that pressure onto the nose or the pole or wherever?
2: Mm, yeah, we can talk a little bit about that. Not every bitless bridle is made the same, but what you're doing in principle is that you're replacing the pain in the sensitive mouth with uncomfortable pressure on nose, chin, and pole. So mm-hmm. that's that's the, the goal. Now, with the too much pressure on the nose, what comes to mind is the mechanical hackamore. Mm-hmm. And um, that one has very poor lateral control and because of the very big lever or the shanks. Right. The, the horses can quickly move behind the pressure, evading the rider's aids. And I've seen articles, and I don't know if it was Dr. Cook, but I think it might have been, where um, the mechanical hackamore in the wrong hands can be considered a little bit of a torture mechanism as well,
1: mm-hmm. because
2: um, it has the, the power basically to break to, to cause a fracture on the horse's nose, because if the lever really can transfer and magnify the, the strength or the power of you know the pull on the rein, and there have been reports where horses can be injured.
1: So that's right. not right.
2: one of the bidless bridles I personally ride with. I don't use okay. a mechanical hackamore. So,
1: so in addition
2: to the side pole, what, what other uh, ones are out there? Okay, so we've we've talked about the side pole, the mechanical hackamore. One that uh, probably your listeners will recognize is the classical all. And that mm-hmm. one is definitely for the absolute expert. And I'm talking about the Bozal that, you know, is the raw height ring that goes around the nose and then traditionally with micati reins a uh, a normal like quote unquote normal rider will not have the ability to to have meaningful control over their horse neither mm-hmm. na- lateral nor vertical and so that's three of them now what's been out there a lot lately is the popular cross underbridles. and since we already mentioned Dr. Cook a little bit He's designed one of them or probably the first one of them. What I don't like about them is they're a little delayed in their release of the pressure and over time they desensitize the horse. Sometimes I've heard reports from users where the way that the bridle is designed is not releasing at all the pressure. So you're basically um, failing to reward the horse by the release of pressure. Because it doesn't immediately release or, or not releases at all. So horses can become dull when they're ridden mm-hmm. with, with, um, that kind of bridle for mm-hmm. quite a bit. For an occasional hack out or a trail ride, um, as we would say here in the United States, um, mm-hmm. it seems to be okay. But if you're doing serious, um, training or classical work or, you know, anything where, um, you want, serious and sensitive communication with your horse, I would not recommend riding with um, a cross-under bridle.
1: There's another bridle that I know you know a lot about called the LG bridle. How does that work?
2: Yeah, the LG bridle um, was invented by a lady in Germany. Her name is Monica Lehman-Küller, and that's um, really my favorite. It consists of two wheels that are basically uh, placed on the side of your horse's face, right under their cheekbone, and they're connected to the head stall or the bridle of your horse on the cheek straps. And then there's a noseband, a soft leather noseband, and then a curb chain. And you attach the uh, reins to that wheel as well between the curb chain and the noseband. And when you... Pull on the reins, the little wheels turn and shortening the noseband and curb chain and with enough pressure or pull, um, finally the headpiece of the bridle giving pressure over the pole. And I like that one, um, A, because it gives me both excellent lateral control and vertical control because it doesn't have the shanks and it doesn't have the problem like the side pole might have with being too severe over the nose. And it also gives me quickly or instant release when I release the pressure on the rein. So it allows me to ride with contact and to have very precise communication and aids um, given to the horse. So
1: uh, we're going to go to a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about bitless bridles. We'll be right back. Why the long face? I reckon horsing around will be
0: back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food.
2: Don't let that happen
0: to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park
1: yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and today we are talking to bitless bridal expert, Claudia Chavez, about bitless bridles. Claudia, I wanted to ask you if you could give me some examples of horses who are having trouble when being ridden with a bit that have improved with a bitless bridle.
2: Okay. Well, I mentioned earlier a little bit about Dr. Cook's research. And, and again, there's is a long list of problems that he's identified anywhere from behavioral to medical issues. But if you like, I can give you some of my own experiences Yes. Yes. uh, Please do. Yeah. That your listeners might be able to. Um, One of the horses that actually my kids ride is is a um, fourteen year old halfling mare, and we've had her for three years now. When we got her, she kind of was retired by the breeder from breeding, and uh, she was a terrible head shaker doing rides, and my daughter had a very hard time to get her really to be motivated and be going on trail. It was very frustrating for her because mm-hmm. she'd be having her little bumper spurs on and the crop and, and you know, she'd be trailing behind everybody and then the horse would be shaking her head. And it even got to a point where I'm sure people can understand that when the head's shaking that way, you're worried about getting, uh, you know, knocked in the head by the horse or pulled down when she's reaching down. So, when we started her on the bitless bridle, the head shaking almost immediately went away. It was miraculous and nobody rides her with spurs or with, with a crop anymore. And she's a joy to ride. I ride her on trail myself and there's no problems with, you know, getting her motivated. She seems to enjoy it and there's no head shaking going on. So that's, Mm. you know, one of the many, many issues that go away. I mean, Almost all the problems are eliminated that you can trace back to the bit or at least improved when you start using a bitless solution. I mean, we're talking about I have a mare who has um, issues with panicking on trail uh, in certain situations and uh, to the point where she would not be controllable with with a bit. And she was um, ridden in a Peruvian bit. She's a Peruvian mare. And my first concern when I converted her to bitless riding was, of course, will I be able to control this horse, especially in, you know, frightful situations, uh, to my surprise. And, of course, I was extremely pleased with that. One of the great examples I can talk about, just a few months after having converted her to bitless riding, I um, was out on trail on a dirt road, and there was a an accident, a rider had come off and uh ambulance had to come by me on the horse racing by with the sirens going pretty much just like 10, 12 feet from me. I had to like move off to the side of the road and I was concerned and I had no problem with the horse. I mean, it seems like when you remove the fear of the painful response potentially in the mouth because I need to mm-hmm. communicate with her through the bit, mm-hmm. when you remove that horses that have problems with, you know, spooking and fright and maybe, uh, bolting and that type of behavior goes away as well. Now, mm-hmm. I have many, many reports from folks who write me who use different bitless solutions, including the algae bridle. Who ride me with with all sorts of different problems. <laughs> the, the latest one was from a lady who was riding a donkey and had a ton of problems with him, and he was just unmanageable. And she was explaining to me how different donkeys are compared to horses, because um, she she was explaining that you can't really train them the way you train a horse. I I don't know that myself, but. She sent me photos of the donkey riding and pulling a cart in a parade just a couple weeks ago, <laughs> shortly after having converted him to using a bitless solution. Hmm. So, so does a um, horse
1: or a donkey need to be trained to wear this kind of bridle, or can you just automatically make the switch?
2: Most of the horses do very well just immediately when you put, put on a bitless bridle. I mean, the bridle I use, I've had many horses that almost seem happy, you know, haven't been uh, bridled up with something different. Some might be a little uncomfortable with the different kind of pressure and might have to get used a little bit to being communicated with via, you know, pressure over the nose, chin, and pole. But because the bridle I'm using... For instance, feels to the right or just like a normal snaffle or a normal bit or bitted bridle. Mm -hmm. The transition seems to be very easy. I mean, I have, I've mentioned I have daughters that ride and they ride bitless and, and my 13 year old daughter rides or started jumping two green horses or green jumpers, I should say, bitless. And it didn't seem to make any difference to them. To Uh be in that, in in a bitless solution. Actually, in jumping, you see that more and more. I've seen videos of folks jumping in a bozal or a baby hackamore. becomes more.
1: And a baby hackamore is what?
2: I think endurance riders might also know it as the S hackamore. It's a, yeah, it's a smaller, it's not quite like the mechanical hackamore. It's a less severe bitless bridle with less Uh of a lever. And, yeah, it's used quite a bit with endurance riders, and I think the term baby hackamore is hackamore are used interchangeably. Okay.
1: Now, what if you have a horse that you're riding with a, either a mechanical hackamore or a fairly severe bit? So that horse mm-hmm. is used to being managed with a lot of, pain and pressure, and then you mm-hmm. switch to the much gentler, bitless bridle, how is that horse going to react? Is it possible that horse is going to ignore it because they're used to such a harsher method?
2: No, again, I believe that, and, and that's been my experience, I've had horses both that converted from the mechanical hackamore or from severe bits, shanked bits or tom thumbs, that the removing of the thread of the pain which obviously can occur with a bit in the mouth it's it's a very sensitive area it's you know the bars of the um mouth in the horse they're um very thinly covered with tissue and it's a very sensitive area the tongue is a sensitive area anybody who's ever bitten themselves on the tongue might uh you know be able to relate to that so um when that is removed it seems the horse can concentrate better and focus on the rider and you communicate more clearly. I haven't seen any horses who all of a sudden said, Oh, yoohoo, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to just do whatever I want to now. You still have control depending on what kind of bitless solution you're using, but at least you have some sort of pressure on nose, chin, or pole, or, you know, a combination of those three areas, and uh, I haven't heard or seen a horse yet that has taken advantage of that. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you think about it, the impression that you can control a horse, you know, at least 1,000-pound animal with a bit, is probably a little bit of a, a misconception, or Not entirely true because you've seen and heard of people or riders having had problems with a horse bolting even though they had a bit, whether Mm -hmm. it might have been severe or might have experienced it yourself. I actually have had emails sent to me of, of folks who had horses who were bolting or spinning from underneath them with a bit who stopped doing that when they were converted to a bitless solution. Okay. It seems bizarre or it it doesn't
1: make sense. when you Yeah, because that's not how we think. You know, we think of more severe means more control. And what you're saying is really the opposite. So it's a whole different way of looking at it. So how does a horse owner know if his or her horse will benefit from a bitless bridle?
2: (laughs) Well, my answer (laughs) should be, right, every horse would. Or I believe that too many horse owners don't really notice real problems with a horse horses suffer in silence right there are some of the few animals that don't cry out or make any noises when they're suffering <laughs> i was thinking gosh if they could scream i could probably in some areas of my neighborhood i live in a horse neighborhood i could probably yeah. not hear my own words sometimes right right um, we'll see what's going on yeah If you recognize any of the problems that are identified with bitted riding, and again, I want to refer to Dr. Cook's research, and I would definitely look and uh, consider into a bitless solution if Mm -hmm. you have any kind of problems with your horse, whether that is bridling it or taking the bridle off or mounting it where it it might fidget, any kind of breathing problems, coughing, slobbering, salivation, any kind of fright or bolting issues, bucking, even laziness or dull horses that seem to tire prematurely, like I was talking about the horse that needed spurs and, and the whip just to go out on trail, anything Head shyness, uh, the tongue behind the bit or over the bit, anything like that. The list goes on. I mean, if anything like that is, is going on or you're not, just not happy with the performance, I would look into a bitless solution. And even if you don't recognize any of the problems or issues that uh, might be identified with bitted writing, try it out and see how your horse goes without the bit of course you know safety's always first and and I tell people all the time to try something different of course in an enclosed area possibly with the help of of a friend or trainer if you're working with a trainer and, and to play it safe obviously but I've tried bitless bridles on one of the horses we had who seemed to go really well in the bit. And everybody was commenting how well she goes in the bit. But what was interesting when we converted her, we, she stopped having problems with mounting, which we never mm. thought had anything to do with the bit. So hmm. That's um, interesting. Yeah. So my answer would almost be, you know, any horse could benefit right. from a bitless bridle.
1: So how do you know, uh, if you want to try this, how do you know uh, what to look for in a bitless bridle? How do you make a choice?
2: It's a good question. I mean, personally, you know what I ride with. It's, it's the, the LG bridle from, from Germany. I also occasionally ride with, with a side pull, and that is more to test myself in terms of how well I communicate with my horse to try bridles that give me less control, basically, or less finesse. In riding, So look at different aspects. Look at your own riding ability. Look at what you're interested in doing. If you're into trail riding and and endurance riding, a lot of endurance riders ride with, you know, the baby hackamores because they want their horses to be able to eat and drink and they don't care too much about the lateral aspect. If you're an advanced rider, you know, you can ride with a bozal, and, of course, you can also ride with just a rope around the neck you know, mm-hmm. if you're a very advanced rider. In essence, what you want to aspire to and what the bitless riding really helps with is that you communicate with your horse with the least amount of pressured aids possible. Right, Mm -hmm. So that's my goal in communicating with my horse that I I don't have to have constant pressure on. So I check myself in the level of training and communication I have with my horse by using different bridles, even though I prefer the LG bridle.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Okay.
2: In addition to riding abilities, also look into your horse. You know, what kind of riding are you going to do? And is your horse a green horse or a very experienced horse? is it uh you know calm or or listen well you? i see a lot of people who ride with rope halters out out on trail you mm-hmm. know they just want to go and go for a quick trail ride yeah those are the
1: brave on, people
2: <laughs> it depends on yeah it depends on horse and rider and what you want to do so right okay well we're just about out of time
1: so i want to thank you claudia for being my guest this week Thanks, Audrey. We just learned a whole lot about bitless bridles, that's for sure. If anyone out there has any questions or comments about horsing around, please email me at Audrey at PetLifeRadio.com. We'll also have some links to more information about bitless bridles on the episode notes page on the website. So until next time, happy trails. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around.
0: Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tooting, galloping good time. Every week on Horsing Around. On demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.